Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code the Zone 125 You bet, you win, you get paid. BETUS.com. So, this song is called God Loves Ugly. It's by Atmosphere. It's a 10-letter word. Love Atmosphere. Seen them, God, many times in concert. God Loves Ugly. Well, if God Loves Ugly Rowdy, did God love the Wisconsin Badgers on Saturday? Because that was probably the ugliest thing you could ever have seen. I don't know if, I don't even know if God loved you. Yeah, I was going to say, he may love ugly, so he may love uh, the Badgers, but he didn't love me on Saturday. <laughs> so, I don't think... God must have been punishing us for, I don't know what we did in the Badgers. I'm not sure what happened. But uh, on Barry Alvarez's own day, the Badgers get absolutely punked by the Michigan Wolverines. They get not only punked, they get throttled. Uh, Speaking of getting throttled, Jake Ferguson left the game with an injury. He uh, later came back with pads on but ice on his chest on the sidelines. But the other one that got throttled, Graham Mertz got hit and hit hard, had to go and leave, went to a local hospital and got checked out for a chest injury. He was released later that day, and now his status is in doubt moving forward, especially against going on to Champaign to take on the Fighting Illini this coming weekend. Uh, but, Rowdy, even if Graham Mertz stayed in that game, Badgers ain't going to be beating no Wolverines because they look terrible. Well, once he went out, you knew that there was no shot because— Even if he was in, there was no shot. Well, all pretty much all year, we've been talking about how Graham Mertz looks awful. He looks yeah. awful, and he has looked awful. Now, this was probably the best game he played, and then he leaves with an injury. And by by that, I'm talking about he looked pretty good for two drives. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole first quarter was pretty not so good as much. You know what I'm like. We're he had talking one about, good drive. We're he talking had one about good drive. two two good drives. He had one really where good he drive. was making some good throws. Yeah, but other than that. He's been pretty bad this year, but you know if you've listened to this program at all, you haven't heard us. Everyone does. You haven't heard us calling for Chase Wolf. I know we've had people on Twitter, we've had callers, we've had whatever. I may they, or may not have called for Deacon Hill once, just for full disclosure. But that's in, in my opinion, that's though. Kind of a joke, though. Like if because we're going in on the quarterbacks here right now, that's the only guy that I can actually say uh, at, from like a critical thinking point of view here that I could ever understand anyone in calling for because he was the guy that was what a three slash four star recruit mm-hmm. from California supposed to have a big arm supposed to be a player you've never seen him no he's a true freshman we know what's behind initially behind Graham Mertz it's Chase Wolf who going into the year had 12 passes and three of them were intercepted and one the it's, pick six and, and Danny Vandenboom like Oh, yeah, I forgot Vandenboom's still on there, isn't he? He is. He's third string. It's like there isn't a great option right, so Deacon Hill, behind Graham Mertz, Vandenboom. even though Graham Mertz has been that bad. Here and then you the just boom. you basically saw it yes, or on Saturday once Mertz went down. There is no option behind him. There is nobody else to go to. Pop quiz, hot shot. You got a bunch of quarterbacks on the roster and they all stink. What do you do? What do you do? Huh? Wildcat? Did who who told who told you that the Badgers should be running Wildcat here or not? Was that it Dave? would be Dave from Monona. <laughs> Dave, because I guess everyone runs that. Yeah, so they should run Wildcat. But I mean, regardless, In what world. This this season, you know, we we continue to talk about how bad the offensive line has looked week in week out. Yeah, they bullied Eastern Michigan, but if they didn't bully Eastern Michigan, I mean, they really had a problem. Well, Michigan came out here and just bullied the Wisconsin offensive line. They look so confused, so disoriented, and it, it, it just does I don't have any I don't have any it just doesn't make any sense to me. I'm flustered right now. It's because we were so hyped over this team. So hyped over this team. And now the reality of the situation is us just getting slapped in the face by reality. The reality is they stink. Well you have guys that are like on the offensive line just getting manhandled or they're like uh, confusing up their blocking schemes and, and who to block and what guys are happened? going right by them. It 
doesn't make any sense how they got so bad. You brought in recruits with a lot of stars. They're supposed to be big-time recruits. You had a bunch of guys that have played and had experience starting and actually looked pretty decent at times in the past. And now it's just it's it, it's like they've never even played football before. It stinks. It's like you've it's like a, the high school team that uh, needed some big guys because they needed a, a line, and they went and grabbed random kids that were big in the school. And all of a sudden, they got out there and like, well, maybe we should probably teach them how to play football. <laughs> it's like, yeah, these these boys can eat, but can they play? Like it's it's wild to me, and they stink. On top of that, now you're looking at this Wisconsin team and you're like, okay, well, the, how many games are they going to win this year? Yeah, the win, the They're win. One and three for the first time since 1990. Their win total was nine and a half. So you either were going with 10 or nine games here to, to cash it. And you're like, you literally lost the bet in four weeks. <laughs> Let's go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Let me educate you. Oh, Ooh, Dave from Monona and his Wildcat experiment. What a bunch of idiots you guys are. What's the one thing Graham Mertz doesn't do? He doesn't pull the ball down and run. So defenses don't have to play the quarterback run. What the Wildcat does once in a while, what it does once in a while. Dave, the Wildcat is stupid and it doesn't work. Dave, Dave, real quick, quick, the funniest thing is you came in to call us idiots and then you're out here championing for the Wildcat (laughs) offense. What offense runs the Wildcat? I see. James White did it for the Baggers. Did it great. How about the guy Taysom Hill from uh, Taysom Hill? He's a quarterback. He runs, he runs up the gut for one yard and idiot. then celebrates like he won the Super Bowl. Let me try to let me talk slowly so your generation can understand. Well, well there's it's, a lot of generations in here. There's millennials and Gen, Gen Zs. Not the complete of it's called every once in a while. Graham Mertz doesn't run, so teams don't have to don't have to honor the quarterback run. You put a wildcat in here once in a while. You got you got the running backs. Then defense has got to stay honest. When's the last time Wisconsin had a running quarterback that's a pure what? Who they never no. ran wild they never had Wildcat before. Who actively. even runs yeah, Wildcat? Who runs Wildcat? Dave, a player. James White. T- uh, James oh White. No. He did it like one time. And it worked. <laughs> you guys see you guys and are all complaining about you're complaining about the Badger offense. They have no variation. Graham Merch doesn't keeps run. Timeouts. <laughs> I get no, two Graham more Graham Merch doesn't D- run. Dave, who should we bring in? To, you know what? I got it. Actually, I got it. They should bring in to help coach the offense. Ronnie Brown. Ronnie Brown. Ronnie Brown should come in and help teach him the, the Wildcat. I know. I know it's a hard comprehension. You could bring Chase Wolf in to run the, uh, run the Wildcat. You keep you have Graham Merch on wide. Wildcat. Dave, how'd that go in the second half? Yeah, Chase Wolf came in to run the Wildcat. Well, you know why he'd run the Wildcat? Because oh, you can't my. Throw God, the ball I, to the correct I, team. Dave's like a doctor who comes. You come in, you have a broken leg, and he gives you open heart surgery. <laughs> I can't be like I can't, I can't get your jitters to comprehend. Dave, it's a wildcat. I know that they, you don't have eyesight, but if you could no, see, you would know they, it's stupid. They don't jet sweep anymore. They, they don't do a wildcat. No, wild they, cat. Uh, I'll, I'll agree. they had a jet sweep. Well, they had a jet sweep on Saturday. I don't agree with you on that, Dave. They have not run the same type of motion, and they have not and run the same the amount of jet cat, sweeps. The wildcat off the jet sweep. It's you got to get off the wildcat. Dave, get off the wild. The wildcat's been dead. It's, it's rabbit. It's uh, done. It was put down. And it's that's done. why Wisconsin's dead. And all defenses know what they're going to run. Drop back. He doesn't go out of the pocket. Variations. I can't. I got to explain this to you, dumb dumbs. You guys remind me. You guys remind me of Barney, 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 Fred, and, and Kazoo. Dave, Dave. I have a I have a question that I want to ask you. I was going to bring this up. It's inspired by Nelson. What happened to him on Saturday? Can I can I have you start it off with you, Dave? Yeah, go ahead. It's not about the stupid ass wildcat either. All right, Dave. So Nelson on Saturday, after the Badgers started getting their asses handed to him, reverted to partying a little more, and rightfully so. I would have done the same. But Nelly, uh, someone he knew, ran up to Nelly and hugged him and kind of like, kind of like throttled him a little bit, like you know, he gave him an aggressive hug and spilled his beer. My question to you is, Dave, if you come up to somebody and you're there being friendly, haven't seen him in a while, trying to greet them, but you spill their beer on accident. Is it proper etiquette to go and buy them a fresh beer or just leave like this person did and not buy a fresh beer? That's funny you mentioned. I, I did that a couple times in Atlanta. I uh, spilled a guy's beer. If you spill a guy's beer, one, you get the hell out of town he's going to kick your ass. But two, you go up to the bar. I, I would go up to the bar and get, get him a couple of beer chips and have the bartender give, give it to him and get out of town. So you would have you would have <laughs> you would have you would have owned up to what you accidentally did and rebought the beer. Well, for yeah. I mean, if you, if you spill a guy's, no matter what you do, you spill a guy's drink. 
you owe it to him. And unless he's careless, he's, he's flinging it out there and got it on a table. No, if you spill a, okay. a guy's beer, oh, you want no. Okay. But no, you, no, but this beer was firmly in my hand. But your generation wouldn't do that because you're a bunch of freeloaders. <laughs> All right, get out of here. All right, see you, Dave. Uh, let's go line two. Line two, who's this? Hey, hold on. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, oh, hold on. Time, time out. Uh, it's 8.33 Monday. Uh, continue. All right, sorry. But hang, on, hang on a second, Fuller. Uh, I'm starting my stopwatch. Uh, okay, go. Why are you starting your stopwatch? I'll, so, t- I'll tell you when the call's yeah, done. No, well, I'll tell you when the call's done. Um, okay, so. Don't worry about it. Just uh, be sp- act casual. If, uh, okay, this is weird, but all right. Um, if I was, if I was uh, the coach at UW, I think I'd let Graham Mertz line up all five starting linemen in a row and let them just demolish each one to nutsacks <laughs> in a row. Just boom, 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 boom. Just Rochambeau, Graham Mertz gets to go first every time? Yeah. I, only. He, he only gets to go. Yeah. The one-way Rochambeau. <laughs> that, was, that was brutal. Yeah, that was tough. I, I, I have a feeling he might have broke a couple ribs three or four uh, or thirty or forty minutes before he actually did, that just is that was the nail that sealed the coffin for him. Now, our sports director Zach Hyoprin did put out a tweet and said that Graham Mertz's availability today, like normal, was the same. And normally they don't do that for guys that are severely injured. So hopefully that's a good sign. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe he's made of titanium then, because uh, if uh, a normal human would have taken the beating that he did, I'm pretty sure they'd be. In a in a morgue right now. Yeah, that was tough, dude. That was a tough scene for the, the Badgers. Fuller. Hey, uh, Rowdy, I, Rowdy's lamenting over your uh, legend, Craig Council, Brewers legend, Craig Council, and how the Brewers finished this regular season. What do you think of them stumbling into the playoffs? I'm not worried about it. Okay. I it, it, yeah, it would have been nice to see him win a few more games, but uh, I mean, I don't. Was it Maytag man this morning said? Uh, Zero and zero starting starting yep. Friday. Yep. And full of your Packers. How about Rodgers to Randall Cobb? I got I was pitching a little tent. Uh, you know, seeing Randall Cobb get up there and do a Lambo leap for seven three years. What'd you think? I, I thought I was living back in Oshkosh back in my college days, and <laughs> that was a, a little flashback to to the good old days. Um, yeah, that was great. Uh, I I'll be honest with you. I actually didn't I I didn't watch a ton in the first half. I mean, I watched it, but I was trying to tune tune into some baseball too. I was thinking, oh my God, this is going to be a great day. Uh, you know, we're going to see a couple Monday games, and of course, the Red Sox had to ruin it all by coming <laughs> back from down four. That was kind of a bummer. Yeah, uh, Fuller, I'd, be, I'd be pissed if I was a Blue Jays fan today. Fuller, uh, I'm not hanging up the phone call for you, but are you done with saying what you had to say? Uh, are you going to talk yeah. to me about? Are you, are you, are you done? Are you parents? done? Are you done? No, I'm going to talk to you on air. But I'm. A, are you done saying what you had to say? Like the reason why you called in? I'm not hanging up. But are you done? Like. Saying what you had to say? Yeah, for the most part, I guess. Okay, I so that, Fuller, that was two minutes and 40 seconds. Yeah, so I, I ran into your old man at the uh, red zone, yep. and he told me every time Max calls in, he needs two weeks. Every two weeks, he needs a, a fuller report. So, and he says every time we need to make sure we have the exact time of day and how long it was because he's going to start docking your paycheck because yep. you're supposed to be on the clock. So I told your dad, Fuller, that when you called in, I would start timing you, and we would we would dock you the proper pay. So whatever it equates to two minutes and 40 seconds, you will be docked that uh, per your dad, who we saw on Saturday. Yeah, it's probably a good thing. He's uh, he's in need of it real bad, so <laughs> better make sure better make sure he he gets that thirty five cents. Or so that's why I, that's why I started the timer. <laughs> <That's> just thirty five cents. <laughs> that's why I started the timer, Fuller, so I could proper the doctor uh, the pro- uh, doc you the proper pay with your dad. Perfect. I'm glad we're all squared away. That's, uh, that's, 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 just go that's, throw that's, him, go throw him thirty five right. cents and some, tell him to keep the change. Hey, just what's tell fair, what's fair is fair, right? You'll have to have him go and down his uh, tax sheet at the end of uh, the fiscal season and just put it down there as uh, over the line tax write off. <laughs> yeah, what is it? T and E, right? I mean, this is all T and E. All right, boys, have see, a good one. See you, buddy. That's funny. Yeah, right. I had left the red zone, but Roddy's like, "Hey, where are you at? Fuller's dad wants to meet you." I'm like, and then he said, "Why?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'll start timing your son." And that way we can pro- we can talk the proper pay. After Dave from Monona's most idiotic phone call he's ever had, that the Badgers should start using the Wildcat offense. Uh, let's see here. I got Pooty Muffin. Pody Muffin. What's up, Otis? Been a minute, my brother. He says, can we ask Dave, should they bring back the leather helmets? 
Our guy Corian Marshall, he says, the Wildcat, that's the modern-day Veer offense. Should we rehire Don Morton, too? That's kind of how the Badgers are playing. The Wildcat offense. In what universe? Dude, seriously, like, it's hilarious that uh, Corey brings up the Veer (laughs) and and, and some of the darker ages for Wisconsin football. But it's like, really? When's the last time anything like that ever worked consistently, whether it be Wildcat or Veer, you have to go back to like the 90s. Like, I'm not kidding you. (laughs) The Wildcat. I'm not kidding you. Like, we're talking like 25 years ago. Like, I think it's it's innovated a little bit since then. But something that hasn't innovated at all (laughs) is the Wisconsin Badgers offensive line and how... See, I told you it was Wisconsin's last stand. Like, they needed Graham Mertz to play well. They needed the line to block people. They need to be able to run the football, play good defense. Wisconsin is on bad times. Out of all of those things, I think the only thing they actually got was out of... Out of Graham Mertz has to play well. The offensive line has to block well. The running backs have to uh, really run the football well, and the defense has to play well. Out of all of those things, I think what they got the most of was Graham Mertz playing well? Which, question mark? Yeah, That's a like, question mark like, behind uh, that. I think Graham Mertz had some passes where yeah, he looked DK, good. I mean, DK. Yeah, especially on two drives at the end of the second half, I thought Graham Mertz played pretty well. Other than that, I thought he was okay. Yeah. But the line stunk. The line was terrible. And one of the big things with the line stinking and the running backs having 32 carries for a total of 43 yards, none of the running backs got in a a rhythm. Jalen Berger led the way with eight carries. Ches Malusi had six. Braylon Allen, five. Isaac Garendo, two. So last year we were harping a lot on the Wisconsin offense because Graham Mertz didn't look that great. Yep. And... The running back room was not very good. And I said to you, I started watching Badger football at the end of 1998, beginning of 99. It's like my first early memories of Wisconsin Badger football. Yep. It was the worst running back room I had ever <laughs> seen last season since I started watching. Last season was tough. And that dated back to obviously the beginning with Ron Dane being there. Ron Dane. If I'm saying the running back room was the worst I've ever seen it last year, I'm going to say the offensive line room oh, is the yep. worst I've ever seen in my lifetime this year. What we see for the offensive line is called a tough scene. Let's go to the phones. we got them blowing up before the Razor's Edge do a little sports gambling. Rowdy is crushing it in football. Line one, who's this? Vagabond John, how's it going? Vagabond John, hey! What up, brother? Hey, I missed you at the red zone. When do you guys leave? Uh, I I was there until 5. I I had to do, I'm doing stuff with Twitch now. I'm a third host for this thing called the Superfan Faceoff, so I had to go home to do Ole Miss Alabama. I had to ditch all my friends. They wanted to go to Jordan's Big Ten. I said, nah, you guys have fun. I'm going to go. You you didn't see Rowdy? I was there roaming around. I was I was kind of. You could always DM me on Instagram what, or whatever, brother, or Twitter. I was, I was pretty focused on whatever was in my hand because by that time I was pretty, pretty sad. It was already half. Sad or drunk sad. or both. I was already give up. Yeah, but I was. I was wearing a TJ Watt jersey from the Steelers, and everybody was really confused because they're like, "Wait, are you in town for the game tomorrow? Wait, is this a <laughs> whoa? whoa wait, 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 wait. Were you were you standing by uh, another employee at Midwest Family? Talking to him briefly. I don't, I don't think maybe. he knows. Like in the back, you talking scrambling in the back room, Josh? where they had the huge projector where the DJ sits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I was. I think I was literally like ten feet away from you. You guys couldn't even say hello to oh. each other. <laughs> I must like I said, I was pretty, I was pretty focused on whatever was in my hands. But yeah, yeah I had my TJ watchers. Everyone was confused. I don't think it's that weird to wear like you know a Wisconsin NFL player's jersey. It was the Jonathan Taylor jersey. I feel like no one would have batted an eye, but everyone's like, I don't know if you're a friend or an enemy because we play you tomorrow. I was like, oh, okay. sorry, guys. Yeah, it's like, whatever, dude. It's, anyway, can separate I, the think, uh, I think my take for today, I, I, I do think Chase Wolf and Grand Mertz are pretty close to the same. Yeah, they stink. I think you might as well roll with Mertz because, uh, you know, Chase Wolf has like, whatever, 14 passes and a gazillion interceptions. But on the year, so does Grand Mertz. he's got. <laughs> 
two touchdowns and two interceptions, I believe, right? So, I mean, if you're looking at Graham Mertz, he's got two touchdowns and six interceptions. So they both got pick sixes under their belt now, too. I think Mertz has more. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, you have Chase Wolf in there. He gets the interception. He gets the fumble. And everyone's like, oh, see, this is evidence that it shouldn't be Graham Mertz. Or, like, you know, Chase Wolf shouldn't replace him. I'm like, guys, we've seen the exact same thing from, you know, Graham Mertz. So, give We'll see this week. I think we'll get a chance. I am happy that Braylon Allen is getting more action. That dude looks like an absolute monster. But my pitchfork and torches for the week definitely directed solely on Joe Rudolph. Obviously, Paul Chris is in a position where he's not going to get fired this year or next year if they're bad. But I think it's time to move on from old Chevy Dodge guy. I don't know (laughs) if you guys know that's his catchphrase. Chevy Dodge. All the time. But... This is one of the most talented offensive lines they've had in terms of stars on the recruiting That's profile. That's why it but, makes no sense. Well, then you look at the coaches, right? I mean, if you have Sam Darnold go to the Jets and he looks like the worst quarterback ever and all of a sudden he's blowing up my fantasy team, it's like, well, <laughs> it was Adam Gase, right? It's all crazy you know, eyes. All these talented studs, yeah. and, and they're just pooping their pants in the offensive line. So you're not, you're not a Chevy really, man then, eh? You're more of a Ford kind no. of guy. No, I'm a Honda guy now, so. Oh, I guess I'll roll with the roll with the Honda. Well, I mean, those things roll forever. So we got an Accord. What do you got? What do you got? Got my CRV. Oh yeah, uh, that thing. Oh, that baby will last for like till it's like a cockroach. It'll never stop. It'll last until you know. Hopefully, the next time Wisconsin, you know, gets <laughs> to the Big Ten championship. They still have a chance, by the way, this year. I know. Last I know, note I know, is I know. this defense. Uh, this defense is great, but they really are are failing to capitalize on these early game opportunities. They dropped another interception this game early. And then, you know, obviously going back to the Notre Dame game, that pick six that Scott Nelson had in his hands on the first drive. They're just, they're great defense, but they're not, you know, they're not getting those big game-changing plays at all. Oh, yeah, baby. This song never sounds sweeter than after a Packers victory. Todd Rundgren, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, and that beautiful drum of his and his desire not to work. Tell him, Toddy! Tell him, Hottie Toddy. All right, Rowdy. Let's just kind of fade that a little bit. I still want it to play in the background. I don't want to silence Todd's transmission, but I do want to play this right here. Jim, you see the guys lined up near the line of scrimmage? There's Rodgers looking for Adams. And someone else instead. Who else but Randall Cobb, who's off to a great start and has the touchdown. Randy Cobb! Tom Toddy. stay at the school. No, no. Come on, Rowdy. Come on, Rowdy. Feels good. Especially after the Brewers let us down <laughs> entering the playoffs. And the Badgers laid the biggest stinker at Camp Randall. God, and that was bad. On freaking Barry Alvarez Day, dude. On Barry Alvarez's yeah, own day. disrespecting the Don. You disrespected the Don. They said they were going to name the field Barry Alvarez. Rumor was, Rowdy, that they were going to name it Barry Alvarez Field starting that day against the Michigan Wolverines. But Barry said, oh, let's just hang on a little bit. And then after let's what get we a saw. feel for what this team is. After what we saw, Barry Alvarez afterwards like, you know what? Let's wait till 2022 to name it Barry Alvarez Field. You guys can have it for now. I'm pretty sure that's how the timeline happened. Hey, real quick, though, the king. On Twitch.tv, search my name, Ebo says at the follow button. The King on Twitch says this. Cobb was awesome, except on that third down trying to catch that ball Superman style that was clearly thrown to Devontae Adams. Hey, when you have the eye of Aaron Rodgers, at least you think you do, you think he's trying to get you the ball. Cobb's got to know that it's not, as Rowdy suggested, 2015 anymore. This is Devontae Adams' team now, okay, Randy? We still love you. But Randall Cobb is the guy that gets the ball. I'm sorry, Devontae Adams is the guy that gets the ball first. That was going to the Tay, to Devontae. Not you, Randy. We still love you. Well, I said it earlier this morning, but doesn't the last couple wins for the Green Bay Packers with the 49ers and the Steelers 
it's just kind of ho-hum like 2019. It wasn't anything spectacular because in 2020, Mm -hmm. that offense seemed to be pretty much just firing on all cylinders. Yeah. And this, so far this season, obviously, the stinker in New Orleans, uh, in Jacksonville against New Orleans, they they laid their hot steamy turn. <laughs> but since then, they've been playing better. And it, it's kind of starting to feel like they're building up momentum like they were in 2019 again. Yes. Now, they have had a ton of their top players injured. Yeah, I mean, they have a ton of people injured. Like, you have... You have Elkin Jenkins, who's been out. You have David Bakhtiari, who's also been out on that line. You have uh, Zadarius Smith. Now Jair Alexander has a shoulder problem. Those are four of your, of, of definitely your top 10 players on your roster. And, yeah, they're, they and they're finding ways to win games. And that offensive line, even though you have, what, three guys on there, two are rookies, and, and one is a, a first or I guess a second-year player. Mm-hmm. That offensive line's looked pretty good. Niesman, Especially with all the injury. Yeah, Nijman's continuing to look really good. Yep. I don't even care if they have to chip once in a while like they did against it's the fine. San Francisco 49ers. It's, fine. it's working. Yep. It's working. And they're protecting Aaron Rodgers for the most part, especially with a banged up line. Well, to that point, Rowdy, I saw this tweet. Uh, the Packers now 2 and 0 against the Niners and the Steelers and scoring 57 points total despite not having their two best offensive linemen. Put that feather in your cap, my friends, and give yourself a round of applause. Oh, Noda on Twitch. Where have you been, Noda? Uh, Speaking of the NFC North, Rowdy, as Noda just logs into Twitch, who is a notable Vikings fan, tough scene for the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, Kirk Cousins was playing pretty well until that Cleveland game. The Vikings had, I don't know how many chances to win the game uh, with like six minutes left in the fourth quarter. I think they got the ball back three separate times, and each time came up snake eyes. As the the Vikings fall, uh, what are they? Are they one and three now on the year? The Vikings, I think so. Yeah, they're one and three. Ooh. Bears are two and two, and then yeah, the, Bears Lions the Lions are zero and four. Lions should have won that game against the Bears. By the way, they lined really hard. They the got, Lions. They got inside the ten four times and turned it over four times. Four times in four trips inside the ten. The Lions continued to find new ways to lose that only the Lions could find ways to do. As the game before that. It was the Ravens who hit a 66-yard field goal. I think the longest in NFL history that boinked of, of the uh, of the crossbar and went in. And before that, the Packers just tuned them off. Well, how about going back to the Packers though? Yeah, AJ Dillon finally got him rolling downhill. Got a got a nice chunk of carries for the first time yeah. really all season because it a had been ball. featuring Aaron Jones more. But I kind of I kind of like what they're doing there. They in the Steeler game. They gave a lot more carries to A.J. Dillon. Love it. It was 50-50 with Aaron Jones, but what did they do with Aaron Jones? Put him in the slot, yep. got him the ball out in space, designed pass plays to get him the ball in space with room to run and being elusive like he is. Now, now Rowdy, the number, 196. That's many how many rushing yards and receiving yards both Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon's had on the day. A season high from Dillon, 81 yards on the ground. 15 carries, 5.4 yards per carry. Because it just seemed like every time they handed him the ball, it was going for like five, six yards. And then all of a sudden you look up and you go, well, turns out he did average almost five and a half yards a carry. Nans was rumbling, Rowdy. He was rumbling. And then you got to put that on the offensive line, too. I mean, we talked about the Badgers a little bit earlier, but when you have an awful offensive line, you can't really get much going. That Green Bay Packers line really playing well. Getting the running game yeah. going. And they're only going to get, um, you know, David Bakhtiari is going to be coming back. So think about that too, Rowdy. And same with Jenkins. Yeah, Elton and Jenkins. And those, those are, you could argue that Jenkins and Bakhtiari are two of probably the top 15 best offensive line personnel in the NFL. Yeah. it's It was a nice little workman-like I never had it in doubt besides the opening drive when the Steelers came down and scored right away. Other than that, I never had doubt that the well, Packers well, were going to win gonna that game. Well, that's going to be the question now. It's like, well, um, what do you what do you do with uh, your line when Jenkins comes back? Because when those two come well, it's back, a good problem obviously have, right? Bakhtiari will go back to left tackle. Yep. Now you're going to have um, Jenkins come in and play guard, but what guard are you going to take out? Do you want to take out Newman? Do you want to take uh, out Ronnie Jr.? I mean, both are playing really, really well. 
I guess you have depth. You have nice depth. They're gonna be they're gonna be continuing to audition for the first six weeks of the season, and whoever wins that audition is probably gonna play right guard. Yeah, let's see. Our our resident booze addict, uh, Aaron Knutson, or one of our resident booze addicts. This one's just from uh, the Stoughton boozer. He says, I hate to say it, but I'd rather get these injuries out of the way early. A lot of the season left. They just need them all back for the playoffs. Go, pack, go. Well, that's that's the thing with the line, though. It's like now all of a sudden you look up once you you get healthy six weeks, six, seven weeks into the season with Bach and Jenkins coming back. You you only have to choose which guard you want to play right guard. Yep. Now you have that guy, uh, one of the guys that loses the battle on the bench. You have Lucas Patrick, who... The past three, four years has been a serviceable guard for the, the Green Bay Packers slash center. Mm-hmm. He's also a guy that's on that bench. Nishman, he showed that he can come in and play uh, tackle in a pinch. Yep. All of a sudden, this team got super deep at offensive line and, and, and really talented. And going into the year, all we knew was Bakhtiari was hurt. You had three young players coming in and trying to play. Yep. And this offensive line has a much different feel all of a sudden being just four weeks into the season than what it did, so, say, at the uh, conclusion of preseason. So that's been a nice little uh, spot, obviously, for the Packers. Uh, real quick here on Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb has now 45. That's the number, 45. That's how many receiving touchdowns Randall Cobb has had from the slot since his rookie year of 2011. It's 12 more than any other player, according to ESPN stats and info. Him and Aaron Rodgers able to carve up uh, with Randy Cobb in the slot there, which is nice. Randall well, Cobb, that was a nice game for Randall Cobb. Remember when they first acquired Randall Cobb, and we were kind of like, what are your thoughts on this? And it was kind of like... Mm. Like when Rodgers became GM and brought yes, him back? and went out and got Randall Cobb. I remember my exact thoughts were, well, the GM didn't want him three years ago when he was younger. Mm-hmm. He obviously didn't want him now. This is an Aaron Rodgers move for sure. Yep. And my thoughts were... I'm kind of just, it's kind of just whatever to me. I understood the leadership Keep standpoint. Keep number 12 of it. happy. Yeah. yeah. Keeps Aaron Rodgers happy. You bring in Randall Cobb because you had just drafted Amari Rodgers in the third round and they played the same position, or else you hope that Amari Rodgers could turn into a Randall Cobb type player, you know, kick punt return type stuff, yep. slot receiver. Yeah, he could teach up Amari yeah, he's Rodgers. A, he's a leader. He could come in and teach him some stuff, but he was always going to be like that fourth, maybe fifth receiver. Yeah. Obviously, he showed when he was in Dallas and when he was in Houston that he had a little bit left when he was healthy. Mm-hmm. Again, when he was healthy. We when. saw that with the Packers. When. When he was healthy, he was good. But now he's getting on the wrong side of 30. And I just remember going, it's a meh. It's a whatever to me. I don't see him ever being a leading receiver in a game for the Green Bay Packers. Well, that was already proven wrong yeah. because he led Green Bay not only in receiving yards but touchdown Touchdowns. receptions. Yeah, because Devontae Adams was covered almost all game, and Randall Cobb was like, yo, get me the ball, dude. I'll make it work. Uh, so second in targets, second in catches. Like that's that's not a game that you were really anticipating from Rodgers. I don't think most people were coming no. into the season. And Rowdy, how about Aaron Rodgers with his second touchdown pass to Randall Cobb? Aaron Rodgers now has four hundred and twenty. Rowdy, four hundred and twenty passing touchdowns. Which ties Dan Marino for sixth all time. Nice. Man, it just felt like yesterday we were watching Brett Favre <laughs> break that record, right? I know. Oh, well, actually, it was over a decade ago. Four. <laughs> 420. Nice. Passing touchdowns from Aaron Rodgers. And you brought up a, a kind of a conspiracy theory from yesterday's game about Aaron Rodgers. It's not about uh, the number 420. Well, maybe that's what he was doing out in Hawaii. But Rowdy, is Aaron Rodgers? And this is some hard-hitting stuff right here. Highlighting his hair? Is Dude, that, is that, that what he brought that up? Was, that was brought up while watching the game with a couple of buddies. I'm like, the back, the back of his longer growing out that hair, it looks just a little like blonder where it shouldn't be blonder. I'm like, I don't know. No, Aaron Rodgers definitely got a little more hippie look to him this year. I kind of dig it. If he's going to play like this, hell yeah. I think what it is, Rowdy, is the hair is called something called sun-kissed. Because he was out in Hawaii for about a month, living his best life. And maybe with that hot Hawaiian sun, 
it kind of just bleached his hair a little bit. You know, highlighted his hair a little bit. They have that. That happens when you get that beach hair. He's a Cali guy, you know, out there in the sun. Well, I bet you that's what it is. And besides his hair, talking about sun kiss, outside of that Jacksonville game against the Saints, Aaron Rodgers statistically has looked really, really good. Now his QBR might not say that same tale, mm-hmm. especially because his QBR has been lower, actually, in some of these games where I thought he played much better than that. Again, take away that Saints game. What game? It, and what, who was playing? It's It just kind of reminds you of they're starting to, to pick up pace. They're starting to get that snowball rolling downhill. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that 2019 season, but it never seemed like they could actually get that snowball rolling downhill. And then you looked up and they were in the NFC championship game and playing the uh, 49ers. I feel like this year, once they get everyone healthy and they continue to kind of put uh to quote Mike McCarthy, sticks yeah. and success. Quote him, Rowdy, then, quote him. Then you're going to see the offense and the team start to uh, turn around quote big really Mike. quick, quote big kind Mike. of more or less like the offense in 2020. But one more thing. Yeah. How far have we come from, I would say, that very first half of the Detroit game? Mm-hmm. So, you, so you obviously you had the Saints game. Disgusting. What game? Then you had the Detroit game. And I would say the first half against Detroit defensively was disgusting as well. Correct. I'm sitting there before halftime going, I can't believe I might have to come in tomorrow and say, it's time to replace Joe Barry and call for Joe Barry's job after, you know, the first six quarters of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now all of a sudden you're four games in. And Joe Barry looks all right. I feel like the Joe Barry defense looks much differently than what I thought in the first six quarters of the season. Yeah. Look at that. Because that defense the last two games, and you would say arguably against two better teams than the Saints and the uh, Lions, has looked pretty good. And if anything, turnovers and some officiating is what kept these last two games close. Yeah. Or uh, closer. Let's, uh, we're going to talk some Badgers coming up here. Let's go to the phones quick, though. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Hey, man. How's it going? It's Big Joe. Big Joe. How about the Packers, dude? Hey, how about those Packers, Evo? Mm. Starting to come together, Evo. My to kind of together. team, my kind of team, Big Joe. Yeah, they got the Badgers. They they just stink. Yep, and they got the Brewers falling into the playoffs. My goal with the Brewers, Evo, just don't get swept. Okay, okay. That's my main focus. Big Joe, uh, and anything words of advice for your Padres? Uh, two words: Bruce Bochy. <laughs> Big Joe, have a good weekend. Did you have a good weekend? I did, yeah. I got to see some friends. I saw my brother Matt, so that was nice. a lot of fun, and just did a lot of cool stuff, buddy. I mean, you are team fun, positive vibes only, right, Rowdy? I am. I got out for a walk, Evo. So you are the Michael Jordan of walking as well. Evo, I really liked your swag yesterday. That was awesome. I liked your Packers attire, head to toe starters gear, Big Joe. I was Superfly TNT, the Big guns Joe, of the Never. You might know this. Then was uh, were the Starberry shoes from Stephen Berry's? Were those starters? Yes, I believe they were, Nelson. Um, I was actually wearing a Stephen Berry's hat on Friday that had my last name on it for the Cleveland State Vikings. It said Veek on it, so that's pretty cool. That a boy, Big Joe. Well, Big Joe, we love you, especially Nelly. We want you to have a good day, brother. My friends, you have a great day, too. Positive vibes, all right? Yep, positive vibes only. See you, bud. Keep fun. I could have swore they were starter. I swear I, no, they are. I don't think they are. I think you're just. I think the the Starberry logo looks kind of like the starter logo. I think that's where the confusion comes from. I think they were just straight up just cheap plastic that Starberry molded into shoes and sold them at Stephen Berry's. But he want, was big in China. He still is. I want a pair of Starberries. I bet you. I wonder if they are on eBay. Oh, here's one in stock on eBay. <laughs> Did have st- uh, so related searches the Starberry two and the Starberry three. I guess they didn't get to a fourth. No, I think Stephen Berry's closed their doors by then. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I'm gonna need a size. What am I? A size ten. Here's an eleven. Twenty six dollars for the Starberries. I might have to get those. All right, we'll come right back. Talk some Badgers. 
All right, maybe it was just the logo that looks like Yeah, the, like logo's, the logo's tripping you up. Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code THEZONE125. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. We now go to uh, a habitual winner, as myself is as well, our sports director, Zach Heilprin. Good morning, Zach. Good morning. How are we doing today? I'm doing fantastic. I am on cloud nine, if you wanted to, if you're curious. Rowdy, how are you? I'm living the dream, Zach. Yeah, so then take yeah, that with what you will. Zach, mm-hmm. how does it feel to get that, uh, see that Packers beat the, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers at Lambeau Field? Randy Cobb getting into the uh, Lambeau leaping like it uh, was three years ago. Yeah, Packers GM Aaron Rodgers had a very nice day. Very nice day for the uh, GM of the Packers, the guy that uh, he wanted back, catches a couple of touchdowns. Uh, yeah. There's 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 nothing nothing weird about that at all. Uh, I think yeah, he's the no, only he's the only active win. he's the only active player slash GM in the NFL. I do believe Aaron Rodgers. I believe you're you are accurate though. I think uh, Tom Brady kind of has that. Maybe he has uh, a, maybe yes. Tom Brady's an assistant GM. I don't know. Either way, it worked out yesterday for Randall Cobb, and I don't know how many opportunities he would have gotten if Marquez Valdez Scantling was playing, but he didn't, and uh, he certainly took advantage of it. Uh, Zach, speaking of opportunities, and I'm sure Randall Cobb appreciated the opportunity uh, mm-hmm. to be there, but I want to talk about opportunities and things we may or may not appreciate now when it comes to the Wisconsin Badgers. Um, I don't know if maybe I dreamed this um, or maybe it actually happened, if you could fill me in. Barry Alvarez Day was Saturday. Now, uh, initial, maybe this is the part I dreamed. Was it going to be named Barry Alvarez Field that day, Saturday, but Barry said, let's wait a little bit to see if this game plays out. And then after the game played out, Barry said, you know what? Let's just push this to 2022 for the field to be named after me. Did that? Did I dream that? Did that or did that happen? Anything that happens in your head is real to you. So, um, so like George yeah. Costanza, it's not a lie if you believe yeah. it. Yeah, right. Yes. Uh, as uh, Yes. They, <laughs> the funny thing, the funny thing about Saturday though, is uh, it was Barry Alvarez Day, and they played like it was Barry Alvarez's first year. Uh, they are one and three for the first time since his first year. They certainly threw back the clock at, at Jesse uh, Temple, uh, my co-host on the on the camp. So they they hit a little bit too too much on the head by uh, by rolling back the clock and playing like they did in Barry's first year because um, certainly that's what this season has looked like so far. So yeah, one and three for the first time since 1990, and Barry Alvarez's first year in 1990. What did the Badgers go that year, Zach? What one and ten? Oh. <laughs> uh, Not ideal. <laughs> uh, let's see here. We got uh, the Fighting Line at Illinois coming up, going down to Champaign. Then the uh, the troops come in, Army, if I if I'm not mistaken. But Zach, let me ask you about what happened on Saturday at uh, soon-to-be Barry Alvarez Field at Camp Randall Stadium. Zach, it's something that we talked about after the Notre Dame loss. Is it the line, the offensive line? Is it Graham Mertz, or is it the play calling? After watching it all unfold Saturday against the Wolverines, I think we all kind of got our answer a little bit. I think it's the offensive line, which is the main problem for the Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, Yay or nay, Zach Heilprin? Yay. They were horrible. Um, Largely horrible. I think, uh, so. like, pro football focus, they had their grades, and only one guy was above uh, 36 for the game, and that was Josh Shelter, and he was a 52. And it's out of 100, so anything uh, below 50, not good. And their pass grades were probably even lower. Um, you know, it, it wasn't just one guy; it was almost across the board. Uh, Tyler Beach really, really struggled again. Logan Bruss, the guy that we've seen play a lot of good football, struggled at right tackle. Jack Nelson, who you know is obviously a young kid, had his worst game. It was it was across the board bad. And like when you're a when you're a coach, I don't. Like if you're Paul Chris trying to call plays, like what do you call when your entire line isn't getting it done? And um, it's what led obviously to Graham Mertz having to exit that game with a chest injury because he kept on getting blown up. And I think it's unfortunate because and it's unfortunate because it felt like they were um, they caught fire a little bit there at the end of the first half, and you would have liked to see what what would have happened in the second half. Obviously, the first three plays were not ideal, but you just don't know what would have happened after that. So um, yeah, it was it was bad, really really bad. I think the safest play call would be to take a knee uh, in well, that for situation. Qu- for, the qu- for the quarterback, yes. Yes. yes would have been, certainly for the quarterback would have been the best, the best play all game would have been to take a knee, but um, they had, didn't. 
Zach, we've but, had some okay, callers no, no. call in that said they just start running with a wildcat. Yeah, that's offense. what I was gonna say. So like, there's a lot of it's it's strange how Your you favorite have caller too, a Dave collection of starters that came in with lots of recruiting stars and guys from the past that you know they've had success playing on this offensive line. They're not having success. Do you think there's anything that they can do to change that, like running the wildcat? <laughs> Is it, is it 2010 again? Like, what's going on here? Is uh, Ricky Williams and Ronnie Brown in the backfield there? Ricky Williams, one of my favorite yeah. NFL players. Just curious because we have a caller that is very like, yeah, your buddy, Dave determined to run the Wildcat because that will fix it. Your buddy. So who's who are the Wildcat guys? Your buddy, Dave from Monona. Well, the only name yeah, that was ever listed about the Badgers running the Wildcat was James White. <laughs> it is 2010 again then, huh? <laughs> um... Uh, Zach, what does the, what does the yeah. offense need to do? I mean, get a well, like yeah. what needs to happen? I think uh, I know no one's uh, no one feels this way. Apparently, you, we all think apparently Graham Mert sucks, but I think if you keep him upright, he kind of showed in those last couple drives that he's got some. He's why people believe in him. He's got he's a really talented quarterback, and if you keep him upright, which hasn't been nearly the case often enough this year, clean pocket, let him throw. I think they can be successful uh, offensively, but. They're not able to run the ball right now. They don't. I mean, Braylon Allen led them in rushing with 19 yards. It's the fewest <sighs> yards for their leading rusher um, since 2005. Since in a game since 2005. So God. it's yeah. It's just it, 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 yeah. I mean, it, the offensive line. If you're going to do one thing, you better be able to run block, and if you can't, you better be able to pass block. And they can do neither right now. Oh. Help us, God! Uh, so, Zach, when it comes to Graham Mertz, how's the guy doing? I mean, he had a little rib injury, had to go to a hospital, get evaluated. I know he's released later that day. Uh, but what's the? have you heard anything about Graham Mertz and the status of his health moving forward? Yeah, so we don't know exactly what his health will. Paul Chris is going to speak in about an hour. And, uh, and then Graham Mertz. So usually players that are hurt and aren't expected to play don't talk on Mondays. Graham talks every Monday and he is talking today. So huh. I think that's a good sign towards his availability for this weekend at Illinois. Uh, but we'll get a, I guess we'll get a clear idea of exactly what the injury was and, and how serious it, it was or is when we, when we talk with him later this morning. But I, I certainly think it's a good sign for his availability this week. Man, uh, Zach, let's try to focus on something. Well, before positives, uh, the people that were clamoring for Chase Wolf to replace Graham Mertz even before the injury, I think they, don't have much to stand on anymore. Uh, mm. Yeah, or nay. But but he can't be worse. Um, yeah, it it wasn't fair because the offensive line was horrible. But I mean, that's what Chase Chase is just a little loose with the ball, and that's that's saying something because Graham has been pretty loose with the ball too, and that's uh, never good for either one of your. Like if you're going to be a backup quarterback, you're, you need to be able to at least hold on to the ball and not put your team in really horrible situations, and he he just hasn't been able to do that. So. Um, Yes, you saw on Saturday why Paul Christ has not made the change. Yeah, um, we had a, a take, a hot take, if you will, mm. on Twitch about Mertz. "Quote: I think he joined the Badgers as a top recruit because he wasn't. He was a fraud all along. He thought the Badgers had a great ground game that would cover up his ineptitude. Real good quarterbacks go elsewhere." Oh, mm, yeah. I mean, I. I look at it this way. I look at it this way. No, no, it's it's tough for me to to even take that seriously, considering he could have gone anywhere he wanted to in the country, and uh, he chose Wisconsin for a couple of reasons. One was on his dream board. It was on his dream board when he was a kid. It was. It was. They were also the first team to offer him, and uh, that played a big role. And and yes, uh, the fact that they had a good ground game and they had everything else, and they seemed to be just missing a quarterback. Yeah, uh, that's how I take it is. You're a guy like Graham Mertz who sees something so set up for a quarterback to come in who's successful and take the reins because you have the tools around you just looking for that quarterback. And that's why he took Wisconsin because they had all the tools, and now it looks like it was fool's gold. And when he he came, they did have the tools. They did have a Jonathan Taylor. They did have a line that was keeping guys upright, and they did have – uh, a really good receiver in Quintez Cephas. And I'm not even saying, I think the receivers are fine. I, I don't have a problem with those guys at all. It's uh, Right now it's the offensive line. They can't, you can't run effectively. You can't, you know, call an effective game in Paul Chris' offense with the offensive line that's playing like this right now. Man, uh, Zach Halpern, our sports director, joining us right now. So, Zach, let's talk some positives then because there are some. Uh, you yeah. know, Graham Mertz looking up. We're one step closer to the end of the season. There's that. Well, linking up with Chimray DK, uh, there was a nice little drive. DK looking the part, but um, more so, how about the defense? Can you speak on the Badgers' defense, which 
Uh, I know they lost the game, you know, by 38 to 17, but can you speak how good that defense is for the Badgers? Yeah, I mean, I, they were really, really good in, for a large portion of that game. They gave up some big plays again, but I think uh, when you have to watch that offense and you know as soon as you go down a score or two, you're going to be in trouble. Leo Chanel said as much. He said by language as soon as they went down two scores was horrible. So when it was 20 to 10, it was yikes because um, they know their offense isn't really good right now. They, they're not going to be able to score enough points. But, yeah, they, again, they, they, stopped, they stopped the run. Michigan came in averaging 290. I think they ended up with 112, and it was under three yards of carry. So they were really good against the run. Um, pass defense was here and there, but I thought they made a lot of plays. But they were out there for so long. They are out there for 74 plays, I think. It was a really, really long day because the offense just isn't giving them any, uh, giving them much. But I, it, it's going to continue to be a positive, and it's going to be what keeps them in games and, and keeps them close. And if the offense can just not turn the ball over and have uh, you know, a driver here or there, I think they find a way to win games. But uh, when they're turning the ball over the way they have, it's just, it's just not going to work. And even the special teams chipping in, too. I know <sighs> we're trying to work on the positives here, yeah. but um, the negatives uh, keep on popping up. Damn it. But I, I, I do want to say, like, the Graham Mertz, the Graham Mertz thing, he started out 0 for 4, right? Started out for 4. He finished 8 for 11, 115 Weren't yards. Weren't they booing him? Did they, did they not? Did the Camp Randall faithful not boo Graham Mertz in that game? They booed Wisconsin uh, in the first half, and then they cheered them as they left at the end of the first half. So uh, because they, because we kind of saw what what a lot of people think Graham Mertz can be in those two drives. And again, it's not it's not enough. You have to do it consistently. Yeah. But that, that at least, I think, has to be a little bit of a, a sliver of positive that came out of that game offensively is what you saw for two drives, and, and hopefully he's able to be on the field on, on Saturday. And I know it's mm-hmm. Illinois, so who cares? People won't really put any hey, stock behind it. Hey, I care. It's Brett Bielema, play. dude. It's Bielema. No, 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 yeah, but if they won't put any stock behind it if, if he plays well. The, only, the next time they're going to have a challenge that people will actually pay attention to is going to be when Iowa comes to town, and I, I'm not overly confident about that. But again, I think those, <laughs> there was a sliver of positive. There was over. There was a sliver of positive news from from Grammerts in those last two drives. I guess we'll take it. Um, you're going to have to. I don't know what else we're going to do. But yeah, I was going to ask you. I mean, I mean, Illinois has only beat Nebraska, and they just beat Charlotte um, on Saturday, 24 to 14. So is this a nice? Sl- you think it healthy, but is it I don't a think slump so. buster? Is it is Wisconsin going to mm-hmm. beat Illinois coming up here? Like, I don't know, dude. Like, I don't know. I, well, I mean, I don't know how you can have confidence. That I don't. That's why I'm like, I, I don't even know what to ask. Right? Right now. I don't think you can have any confidence about you know. Illinois, they're clearly a better team than Illinois. They're clearly a more talented team than Illinois. But the, the lack of confidence, uh, I think this is as low as it's been in quite some time about their ability to just go and, and win games just because they're the better team. It, They've done it once this year, and it wasn't even that overly impressive against Eastern Michigan. So, Ugh. yeah, I, 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 I think they win, but I'm certainly not confident in that. Jeez. Just because, um, just because what we've seen, you, you just don't know. Yeah, we're not confident about anything right now with the Wisconsin Badgers, but uh, might as well just ask: What do you think the final uh, season win total is at the end? Six and six, seven and five, five and seven. So to get to seven and five. They would have to go what six and two the rest of the way. I mean, the schedule gets a lot easier with uh, not having bit. to play the Penn States, the <laughs> Notre Dames, and the Michigans, but you still do have Iowa. Right, you have Iowa, and you probably and you have to go to Minnesota, right? Yep. But yeah, I mean, there's there's not there's not another game, and they'll be favored in every game except the Iowa game. So, and the thing about that is. They've been favored in every game. Yeah, at this point it doesn't this matter. So yep. it doesn't really, it if, doesn't hey, really matter. If they're a ranked team, I would say they would lose. But the Wisconsin play any ranked teams besides Iowa coming up? Is it just Iowa? They don't. They do not have any well, games against ranked well, teams. There's your answer. Currently, there's your answer. Yeah, they'll yep. lose to Iowa. They'll win all the other games then. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I'm just trying to be positive. Man. Yeah, no, I know. I know. Hey, it's a Monday. It, I don't know. Yeah, Drag us down into into Monday with this Patrick's talk after what happened in Green Bay. You know, all right, all right let's I know, finish you, on the I, I know you have to do it. I know you have to do it, but it's tough. Zach, it was. Man, I don't even know. I don't know Electric. anymore. Packers though. Aaron Rodgers four hundred and twenty tying Dan Marino of passing touchdowns. That's nice. Randall Cobb turning back the hands of time. That's nice. AJ Dillon yeah. a little bowling ball out there. That's nice. Yeah, and then you know obviously John Alexander. It's all good. Yeah, is he fine? It's all good. No, I, it sounds like a sprained AC joint, I think, mm-hmm. is what they reported. Yeah. 
All good. All Give me some positive. Give me some positive before we let you go. Uh, I get to go hear Paul Chris talk. Oh, and I know you appreciate that opportunity. <laughs> With Zach, Zach, we thank you for your time and have fun listening to Paul talk. All right, guys. Thanks. See you, buddy. That's a pretty good night. I thought the energy was there. The effort was there. Sure. Is there some stuff to clean up upon? Absolutely. There always is. Packers get a big win over the Pittsburgh Steelers at Lambeau Field. Here to cover it, talk about it all, our guy Mike Clemens. Good morning, Mike. Hi, Evo. How we living today, brother? Uh, Did you get a nap in? You texted me at 3.30 this morning, Mike. Did you get your nap in at least? I I got a brief nap in. Yes, I did, as a matter of fact. Okay, good. I I was waking up as you were going to bed, Mike, so I I wanted you to get a good nap in after seeing that Packers victory over the Steelers. (laughs) Well, crossing paths in the night. That's wonderful. (laughs) Like two ships in the middle of the night, Mike. So, you know, after the game, the first thing I did actually was to grab and see what was going over on the Steelers' side because – that's becoming, you know, quite the national story uh, about where these guys are at. To start out one and three, when people thought that they could, you know, be a powerhouse again, get their guys back from injuries from last year, and you know, really, where is Ben Roethlisberger at uh, at 39 years old? Big old six foot five, 240. I mean, he's been fun to watch. There's so many hits this guy has taken over the years, and getting into the game, he had like uh, eight sacks and hit. 23 times, so it brings into question the Steelers' offensive line. Of course, they've always been really good. But, you know, I've been around Ben a couple of times, and they covered him at uh, Super Bowl 45 down in Dallas, Mm -hmm. Packers and Steelers and a few other games. I cannot help, but when you're in the room with him and he starts talking, it's like Will Ferrell is up there. (laughs) You know? I mean, he starts saying things, and you're thinking like, you know, this is the guy from Anchorman or Elf up there. And he, he had another classic stupid line last night. You know, he's got this running back, Nigel Harris, big dude, powerful runner. But, you know, the Packers are doing a good job of containing, and Preston Smith got in there. Now, Preston, you know, left the game for a while with a shoulder injury. He was able to return. But Kingsley Kiki was making progress up the middle and helping out Kenny Clark. So Ben suggests that, you know, maybe if his young running back could just be a little bit more like a Hall of Famer, like, this is stupid. I mean, you know, that's like saying to a quarterback, gee, Ben, maybe if you could just play more like Terry Bradshaw, you know? <laughs> if you could just play more like Bradshaw. So here's Big, big Ben saying, you know, were you disappointed on some of, this, uh, some of the plays you had to running back, Nigel Harris, who needs to run? He said that he needs to run more like the bus kind of started to get the run game going. We had some decent plays tonight, and you know I think there's still more out there. Telling Naj, get physical. You're big. Be big. Play big. Run through tackles. Don't avoid contact. Make contact. Be be scary. You know I remember I got to play with Jerome, and Jerome created contact, and it was you know it was a, a game changer when he ran people over. Yeah, because his nickname was the Bus, Mike. You know, and see these. This is this is the reason why you, you read these things like you know. Roethlisberger sort of talks himself out of the locker room from time to time, and I don't know. That's just that, to me. I thought, okay, well, here's an, here's what the Pittsburgh writers are talking about. <sighs> sorry, Mike. Um, was that the Tomlin drop? Sorry, brother. Huh? Um, um, sorry, Mike. I, I lost you for a second there. My headphones oh. cut out. My bad, oh, brother. Oh, they didn't. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I, I, I can still hear you. Okay. So sorry, my um, headphones cut out for a second. I had to plug them back in. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so the other thing that was a big drop off for, uh, the Steelers in terms of their passing game, you know, you, you got Claypool out because of the uh, injury and, you know, the leading receiver. So you've got to rely on other guys, you know, like a guy who's been there now five years. He's still a young receiver, but Juju Smith Schuster, they threw to him eight times. He only caught two, two of them, you know, Roethlisberger overthrew him, mm. uh, and so Mike Tomlin was talking about, you know, yeah, there's just things we need to execute better on offense. Their offensive coordinator, by the way, is uh, Matt Canada. And that's a guy who was a, a, a quarterback coach for Bielema for, uh, I think, a year, back around 2012 or so. Anyway, uh, you know, so when, when Tomlin was talking about, you know, some of the inaccuracies, a reporter said, 
You mean like Juju Smith dropping the uh, dropping the ball eight times? Yes, you guys know which ones I'm referring to. We, we got to have those plays, you know, particularly when we're we're not playing as well as we like. You know, chunks eliminate a lot of execution. We say in the coaching business, and by that I mean if you're not playing clean splash plays or chunks of real estate aid you, and so uh, we're not playing clean enough, and we're not getting enough chunks to offset it, and that's why we're having the conversation that we're having. Yeah, Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike, uh, definitely was shut down kind of by that Packers defense, or it was just Big Ben just couldn't find him. Yeah, and, you know, uh, I give him credit, though. He came to the podium, and, and he, he, you know, he uh, he he fessed up to it. We, he talked about the fact he was targeted eight times, only caught two, and, and he, he said, yeah, that's that's on me. We just got to make those plays. I got to make those plays. Um just frustrated. I'm frustrated because, you know, those are plays that, you know, I usually make down the field. You know, I make those balls. You know, I make them in practice, and I, you know, I fell short. You know, I, I take full responsibility and blame. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was able to hit some wide receivers, Mike, especially Randall Cobb, but I think that's because that offensive line has been so nice of giving him some time, yeah? I think so. Now, you know, Rodgers did get it a couple times, a few sacks. You know, T.J. Watt, though, on the field back from uh, the groin injury, maybe not 100%, but, you know, when you uh, still, when you think about how tough that defensive front is, how tough the, the 49ers defensive front is, and you've got three young guys, like Nyman at left tackle, for crying out loud, and, you know, Royce Newman in his third or fourth NFL game, and Josh Myers, your center, how young they are on the offensive line. Uh, Rodgers, you know, gave them props, and also uh, gave props to the defense on holding off Big Ben and those guys. Uh, I'm proud of the defense. I think the defense, you know, really played uh, played well tonight. And if you would have told me early in the season, you know, we'd be without uh, arguably two of our best linemen for a couple games and play those two fronts, I would have been ecstatic with two wins. And here we are, three and one, beating two fronts without uh, without Dave and without Elton. Yeah, that's been a nice line. Uh, how about on the defensive side of the ball for the, the Green Bay Packers, Mike Clemens? Yeah, you know, and after some of the stats come out, uh, or after tonight's game, we'll get more stats tomorrow because now you got four weeks in the books and you can start looking at things like rankings and, and how well the Packers are, are ranking in terms of defense, turnover ratio, and those kinds of things. But no question, you don't have to look at stats when you can see results when you get Kingsley Kiki, out of Texas A&M. He's in his third year now, coming into his own 6'3", 288, up there on the line, 25 years old, and this is the kind of help that Kenny Clark needs. You know, if, he's, if, if Clark has got a double team, this guy can break through, punch out footballs. Kenny can make the recovery. You know, it's a short field for Rodgers. They can score. And so Kingsley uh, talked about that forced fumble he got off of Roethlisberger. Yeah, it was huge, you know, be able to get a forced fumble for my team. Just being able to make plays like that is huge, you know, setting the standard for this defense. It's helping us, you know, just making plays all around us, being active, and then being a disruptive force. I went straight power, trying to add more power moves into my game, into my rushes, so that way it can set up everything else. Yeah, it was nice to see uh, that when Kenny Clark came up with that fumble, that was nice to see. Also nice to see Randall Cobb turning back the hands of time. What, three years since he's Lambeau leaped? Felt good yesterday, Mike. Felt good. That and and you know what, uh, with Devontae again uh, in double coverage with, against some good corners, you know, like Joe Hayden, um, there was uh, Randall Cobb. I mean, the the timing between him and Rogers, especially on that first touchdown catch that Randall got, where they lined him up into the slot to the right, and there was some miscommunication on the on the Steelers' defense. There was a safety that came running at the last second. Rogers probably saw that. And instead of sending him out to the right, they had him cut across the middle from right to left. Not something they usually do. And Rogers able to, you know, let the play go, let the play go, and then dump it off to him on the left hand side. He turned it up for a touchdown. That was just a thing of beauty. It was a tremendous looking play, well drawn up. Probably Rogers picking up on where, you know, they had confusion on the defense. But Randall also there on critical third downs, and that's how the Packers dominated with thirty four minutes of time of possession. They were 9 of 15 on third downs, most of those going to Randall Cobb. I didn't know exactly, you know, how big of a role I was going to have. Uh, 
And you all know me. I've, I've always said it's all about the opportunities that you get, making the most out of them. And I try to do that week in and week out whenever I get opportunities in practice, when I get opportunities in the game. And that's just my mindset. And, you know, I, I try to go out and provide what I can for this team whenever my number's called. Yeah, it, was yeah. great to, yeah, it was great to see that, Mike. And how about A.J. Dillon? His, oppor- his number was called, too, and he made the best of that opportunity. He did. And he ended up having, you know, more yards, 81 yards in rushing. And talked about one that he popped for 25 yards. Great blocking up front. Uh, I'd say great, you know, scheme, bringing the uh, receiver by, kind of spreading out the uh, defense a little bit. And, yeah, I got skinny through a hole, I believe. And, you know, the offense, once I got through that first team, it really wasn't anybody until those uh, DBs, I think, that got me. Uh, Quadzilla or the quad father just rumbling, rumbling, Mike. Yeah, I saw somebody tweet, uh, a guy who's actually, you know, got a show, like, you know, yeah, well, when is A.J. Dillon going to turn into Derrick Henry? <laughs> <laughs> It's like, it's like Big maybe, Ben saying, uh, hey, now yeah. Harris, be Jerome Bettis. Exactly. You know, it was just right after Ryan Tannehill turns into Aaron Rodgers, I guess. <laughs> but, um, uh, and then Aaron Jones, you know, he had uh, 15 carries for 48 yards, uh, had one for 15. Uh, there's a couple uh, passes he was able to catch. He had a drop. Or they, they, you know, the Steelers did a good job of knocking the ball out of his hands on the one. But I thought this was such a great story because, Aaron was uh, Aaron Jones was asked over the weekend. You know the story about he has that locket now of his dad who passed from COVID in April down in Texas, and so he carries his ashes. And in the win in the rain against the Lions, it came off during one of his four touchdowns. Brian Engel, the trainer of the team, was out walking the field at one forty-five in the morning until mm-hmm. he finally found it out there under the stadium lights in the empty stadium, and that's how he got it back. So Aaron Jones was asked, "Did you uh, are you still going to wear that thing? You know, uh, with a chain around your neck?" Uh, yes, I did. Uh, our uh, equipment staff read he put a pocket right here on the left side, so I could just drop it in there and don't have to worry about it falling out. So I can play with it inside of your jersey, or uh, it's inside my jersey. I mean, how cool is that? That's yeah, really and, cool. And I re- I ran into Red Batty. This is a guy who's been the team. Equipment manager now, close to thirty years. He is the best. That's just that's you know when your trainer and your equipment manager they're doing everything they can think of to make those players feel the way they should or want to on the field. If it's something positive like that, and I ran into Red, he goes, "Yeah, no, it's a little pocket," and he says it's got a little seal up there for him and the whole thing. You know, the the football is you know about the size of a quarter or so. Yeah. But um, that, that's just you know going the distance. That's. That's a winning organization. Hell yeah, it is, Mike. Mike, um, I, I know you went to bed real late when I was getting up. If you're if you're going to bed when I'm getting up, that means you need to go have another nap. Are you on the Bill Michael show later today, or are you going to go take some Z's? What are you going to do? Uh, I'll nap during like the next little Florida press conference. <laughs> hey, Paul Chris is talking, too. That's the real snoozer if you want to tune in. <laughs> no, that's even better, yeah. <laughs> Mike, uh, always a pleasure. Thanks for breaking down that win over the Steelers for us, and we'll talk to you later this week, my friend. Thanks, Ebo. I see you, buddy. There he is. Good stuff from Mike Clemens.